Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time. In a small trailer. Looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips. Tricks. And discounts. We saw an email recently from Progressive Insurance that talks about green RVing tips. Wait, but my RV isn't green. Well, these are some tips to make it more green. Ah, doggies. So you start with a can of paint. No, uh-huh. I'm kidding, kidding, kidding. <laughs> the other kind of green, you know, oh, environmentally friendly. I see, yeah. It's just a couple of tips. One of them is, it says to look at what you're bringing. And the picture is a picture of someone using rechargeable batteries. Hey, that's us. That is us. Well, wait, our whole RV is rechargeable batteries. So our <laughs> RV is a rechargeable lithium battery. All of our tools are rechargeable Ryobi batteries. And even the little things like our nightlight is, a re- is rechargeable batteries. And we keep one small battery charger for the small batteries. It will charge up any of those batteries that we use. It also suggests that you stay at a Camp Green KOA, but I suspect any, like, boondocking, you know, if you're following the Leave No Trace and all of that, that's pretty green because you're using your own resources, especially if you have a great, you know, if you have a way to be off the grid as efficiently as possible. Right. But I think there are KOAs that are doing steps to be more green and i think there's actually a designation in the koa organization that says this is a green camp yeah which is pretty cool yeah and the other idea is to conserve energy of course and you can do that by maybe instead of running your air conditioner use some shading close your windows use reflectix in your windows you know just not burning electricity when you don't have to. Well, and another way to save a surprising amount of energy is just to slow down on your way there. Uh, yeah. The, the difference in fuel mileage between, on our truck, 60 and 67 is pretty significant. Uh, so we kind of take it a little bit on the slow side. And we, we even have an article about how to save fuel on your journey so we'll share that in our show notes, and those show notes are at the bottom of the webpage for this podcast, which is episode number 212. That's right. And keeping it to 67, well, that was too fast for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm saying, I mean, that's kind of the upper end for us. Sure, of course. Yeah. We'll talk some more about my last trip and how I soloed solo soloed all the different things I did and one of them was driving in the mountains by myself and obviously in the mountains did be crazy to drive 67 but even on the freeway I was like oh I think 62 is beautiful (laughs) (laughs) yeah and we don't want to you know each vehicle is is designed differently we don't want to tell you how quickly to drive uh just I was saying on our specific rig the fuel mileage difference just between yes. 62 and 67 is is rather surprising. And they, you know, that's a factor of how aerodynamic it is and how it's geared and blah, 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 blah. It wasn't, in fact, that in the 70s or whenever when they made 55 the speed limit, that was 
hugely because of saving gas, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. That was designed to save a lot of fuel. I don't know how effective it ever was. Because, <laughs> you know, like Sammy, a lot of people couldn't drive 55. Right. Oh, that was me. I couldn't <laughs> drive 55. The early 80s are when I had driven multiple times well over 100 miles. An hour. But anyway. All right. So this weekend, you got to test out our power package from ABC Upfitters. I sure did. Quite thoroughly. Yeah. So I was in a U.S. Forest Service campground just south of Taos, New Mexico, and it as a Forest Service campground, didn't have any hookups, which was fine with me because we have the power package from ABC Upfitters. That means we have a great lithium battery. We have... We have a thousand watts of solar. A thousand watts of solar on the roof. Even though it was a very tree is that a word? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> a very tree-ish location. And it was a very narrow spot, which I'll talk about some more too. There was plenty of light coming in through the trees. And at the end of the day, every day I would check and I was at 100% power. So the power package worked fabulously. Yeah, it, it's it's just such a great system. And uh, this past week, ABC Upfitters showed two uh, upfits that they did on their various social media. They had a 2205, a Rockwood 2205 Ooh. like ours. Woo woo! And they had a Class A motorhome that they did. And last week they did a, a van and, and just the the places that they put these systems are are impressive. And that's sort of the point. ABC Upfitters customizes each system, not only to the rig, but to what your expectations are of camping. Mm -hmm. They will be with us at the Frog Rally in just a few weeks. Yeah. So if you're going to be there, you might want to go on a tour. Or if you schedule an Upfit, they're having a sale just for us Frog Rally attendees. But here's a hint. If you're not an owner of a Forest River product, because Frog is Forest River Owners Group, and you're there during the Frog Rally anyway, I bet you they'd let you in on that discount. Mention my so, name, you'll get yeah. a good Mention seat. Mention my name, you'll get a good seat. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, again, our friends at ABC Upfitters, if you have questions or just you're solar curious or interested in a really well-engineered system, give them a call. They are good people to deal with and they do a very professional job and we've been very pleased with our system absolutely speaking of people who do a really good job yeah well we had the dustin simpson and i have worked together at um rv travel and we've done some videos together and such and dustin is from cal rv specialists and is one of those people who really knows his stuff and part of that is because he's seen a lot That's and right. continues to see a lot daily at uh, Cal RV Specialist. And so, so I think that Dustin could have probably given us lots of tips and hints on any topic we threw at him. Today we happen to throw at him the topic of slide rooms. Yeah, maintaining slide rooms and some slide room tips. So without any further ado, let's push out our slides, sit back and Here's Dustin. We are here with Dustin Simpson from California RV Specialists. Thank you for being here with us today, Dustin. Thank you guys for having me. 
Hey, it's a pleasure. And you have probably already watched some of Dustin's outstanding videos online or read his articles on RV travel or just all over the place. So tell us a little about California RV Specialist. Well, thanks again so much for having me. I guess a little bit of background on myself first. I've been in the industry now almost 28 years. I've pretty much started at the bottom and have done everything as from a entry level, clear up on to you know management, to owning my own RV repair shop. I've been a self-employed owner since 2003. I've worked for different box stores, such as like Camping World, bigger dealerships that had three locations, and then an old store that my original store was a Give a Key RV Repair here in Lodi, California. And that's where I kind of fell in love with RVs. I started doing posts and stuff here a while back to try to help our RV community. So I've been everything from a service manager, parts manager, shop foreman, RV tech, warranty admin, done RV inspections for different court hearings, and my nights and weekends, and now early mornings, I usually am on <laughs> some type of social media, you know, helping <laughs> yeah. owners that are at their wits ends that can't get into a repair shop, they can't get help. We're a full repair facility here at California Specialist. We pretty much do anything from clean the toilet to remodel the coach. <laughs> we do minor paint and body. We do usually about 50 to 60 roofs a year, sidewalls, rear caps, flooring, major damage, dry rot, the stuff that nobody else wants to touch. That's the stuff that we're you know, known for, I guess you'd say. That's awesome. We you know, do all the appliances, all the accessories and so on. We could totally go down a rabbit hole because we saw a post of <laughs> yeah. yours about... Your facility, it's in Lodi, California? Yeah, it's in Lodi, California. Okay. There's 13 of us here. We pretty much get three to five units in and out each day. A lot of moving pieces down here. Yeah. You're, you run a busy place. So we are talking slide rooms and slide room maintenance. There's been a few posts recently that I've seen where people are really not understanding what it takes to keep these things operating and that with a little bit of maintenance, you won't likely have problems. So <laughs> cool. that's what we're here is to find some great slide room tips. Yeah. When I'm talking to our customers here about slide out rooms, we want them to know the brand and what type of system it is, who makes it, who manufactures it. So an issue where let's say you go out, Tony, and you're out camping in a campground. If you were to break down in that campground and you whether through factory warranty, extended warranty, or you're just paying out of pocket, and you find an RV tech that's mobile that's going to come out to assist you, they may or may not be trained on those slide outs. So having that information, then more than likely they're going to be able to find out what's wrong and fix it or help get it in for you. But mm -hmm. clearly you can say, you know, hey, I've got this brand. Are you familiar with that? And if that yeah. person says no, then you need to call the next person until you get somebody that is. So it's just a money-saving thing, time and, and money. Yeah, there are actually only a very few number of manufacturers of slide room mechanisms, right? And there are a few different types. And I think a lot of people have not such good things to say about certain brands, <laughs> but with proper maintenance, they can work very, oh, very yeah. well. Most of the Swintech problems, we have not seen maybe very little to none on motorhomes. Those Schwintex aren't having the issues. And I feel personally that it's because of the suspension system. Interesting. 
Hmm. You know, so when we say we do a lot of Schwintex here at the shop, I would say every few months we were throwing away a pickup truck full of them. Wow. Hmm. Right. And most of those have all been travel trailer fifth wheel. Okay. You know, systems are basically like a drawer guide. And so if it's, you know, too heavy, you've added something in it, too much weight, or you're going down a rough road, that's just going to cause all kinds of damage to those systems. Yeah. yeah, you can overload those slide rooms. So can we talk about that for a minute? Yeah. There's a limit to how much those slides can hold on to in transit. And also, let's talk about while it's out, whether you should have anything sitting in it while it's going out, whether you should sit in it while it's in, you know, kind of <laughs> before yeah, we even get to the maintenance, let's talk about how to actually use these things. Exactly. So we'll go back to the Schwintech since that's always a hot topic for everybody. <laughs> right. When Lippert is designing those and building those, they're producing a frame. Then it's up to the manufacturer where the manufacturer, you know, what are they adding? You know, they're constantly making changes, constantly altering stuff based off of problems or issues that they're finding after the fact. Mm -hmm. So the slide out right from the factory can be overloaded accidentally. Okay. Before you even, before you even purchase it. Okay. Doesn't necessarily mean that it's from the design of the slide out. It's, they don't know what's going in that slide out. That's Mm -hmm. so the importance of like the maintenance side of it is constantly inspecting it. Is it aligned correctly? Is it open and closed correctly? Is there any weird noises? Are you doing your part to lube it properly? Are you lubing and conditioning your seals? Because if you're not lubing and conditioning the seals and that creates a drag on the room, Mm -hmm. is your voltage and your batteries low? Do you not have enough batteries? Right. So there's there's every kind of thing you could think of Everyone with a slide out should assume that their slide out is experimental and not assume (laughs) that their slide out is something that everybody has done a million times and we and everybody knows it's terrific. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little bit frightening. (laughs) Every new model is an experiment. Yeah. Wow. You know, they know roughly how much weight they can put in them. They know how many, roughly how many cycles they should last for. Mm-hmm. But think about, I mean, I think, Tony, you've been to Lippert, right? Oh, yep. yeah. I went to the slide-out school. So when you went to the slide-out school, they tested the slide-out cycles running in and out, correct? Correct, yeah. Did they test it for shaking and vibration? Probably not. Not to my knowledge. Yeah. What I've seen a lot also are people not maintaining the seals yeah. around the outside. And then improperly lubricating the mechanisms. Yep. So any tips for seal maintenance? I pretty much tried every product out there. Again, it's it's trial and error. And I like to use the Protectol brand that's made by Thetford. There's a spray bulb seal treatment. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a Starbright spray bulb treatment that's in a bottle like a Windex bottle. Okay. What those two products are designed to do is to protect it from the sun. So it's basically got a UV inhibitor in it. It's got a conditioner to keep the bulb seals soft and flexible. Mm -hmm. So those products do that as well as they reduce the static from it dragging on Mm -hmm. the coach. Some of them have stuff in it that's going to prevent like dust and dirt and putties and sealants and stuff that bleed out of the the different flanges on the coach from sticking to the bulb seal. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of like an all-in-one product it does multiple things to it 
the main one that we see all the time is the top seal will pop off. Either you'll see it on Facebook groups or it's popped off or it's melted because it's got so hot from rubbing that it's literally disintegrated it. Wow. And so that's a tattletale sign of like, hey, let's start using bulb seal treatment when it is, you know, rubbing, making contact rubbing. That's a telltale sign that you should have already way long time ago started using treatment. Well, you know, so if you came in and you bought a new coach and we were just talking side outs, hey, Dustin, what do I need to do to my side out? Mm-hmm. Every time you use that room, check it. You know, if you're running it, you're going on a trip, you run it in and out, go in and out, look at it, mm-hmm. look underneath of it. Is there anything that's shifted or moved? Is there anything coming loose? You know, how's my slide out topper? You know, if you're going to have that room extended for any long period of time for, you know, half of our customers live in the coaches full time. So mm-hmm. they'll have the room extended out all year round and then never retract it in. Oh boy. So when we identify that they're living in the unit full time, we're asking them to run that room in and out once a month. Mm-hmm. clean the gears or cables or tracks or seals, you know, every three to four months, lubricate right. it, you know, and different manufacturers have different recommendations. So, I mean, it's best to always, you know, look at your owner's manual and, and go by their recommendations. But, you know, it's just, again, their recommendation. They don't know how you're going to use it or not use it. Right. You have to be very careful about sweeping or vacuuming the floor before you bring yeah. that room in, because those little teeny rocks will peel that vinyl flooring right off. And we see that weekly. Oh, boy. Boy. When we're doing a site out service or like, let's say you're you know, a consumer or just somebody listening to this podcast, no matter what kind of room you have, you can run that room almost all the way out and get in there with a, you know, I've had owners use a leaf blower, like a cordless mm-hmm. 12 volt leaf blower. Get in there, run the room out, leave it leave it cracked open a couple inches so that it's in, it's not making contact, and blow the bottom edge of that whole slide out out from the inside out. Ah, that's a good idea. Swifter sweepers, you know the little dusters and stuff. Those yeah. are great. Don't be afraid to crawl underneath and peel those seals back to see what's in that track. You would not believe the stuff that comes out of there. Screws, <laughs> tools, connectors, I mean, you name it. I just went and looked at a lawsuit, and one of the complaints was, I want to purchase a coach that has a slide out that has a manual crank on it or a manual way for me to get it in. Mm-hmm. It happened to be a Schwintech. Typically, the control boxes and stuff are in a compartment or an area where you can access them. For our audience, the way those Schwintech slide mechanisms work is there's like a little wavy gear on each side of the slide box and there are motors that spin a gear that draw the slide in and out. And that little control box keeps time on those motors so that they, you know, if it takes 40 turns to bring it in and out, it counts both sides to make sure it's it's correct. Yeah, it counts the revolutions of it. And then that's why they talk about like reseeking the slide to make sure that it's kind of retiming itself too. So on that particular slide out that I went out to look at, besides all the other stuff that was wrong with it, <laughs> they put the slide out control board above the floor underneath the center of the slide out. So if that room was in all the way, you couldn't access it. If it was out all the way, you couldn't access it. Wherever the room positioning was, you could physically not get to that box. Each one of those motors has a wiring harness 
that goes to that box in the event that you wanted to test the motor or to see Mm -hmm. if one side or the other, you could simply just unplug the connections and switch from the left to the right to see if there's any difference. This one you could not get to. They actually had a 14-foot harness on one side and a 35-foot harness on the other side, all wound up and stuffed. I think it's important to go back and talk about this a little bit more, retiming those two individual gears. I've heard and seen way more people than I want to think about (laughs) that put their slides halfway out so they can run in the bathroom and then they come back. There are slide mechanisms that are fine with that, and there are slide mechanisms that are not fine with that. And I think it's really important again, for people to know what what kind of mechanism they have and then understand whether it's okay to sneak past it once in a while. <laughs> exactly that. You know, as technology keeps getting more advanced, these rooms are basically like a smart room. You know, it's got two motors, it's got harnesses, it's got different sensors and things that, you know, and, and that, that are counting those revolutions. So again, well, first thing I would say is learn what kind of slide out room you have. What's the brand name? Mm-hmm. Learn the particulars about it. What do I need to do to maintain it? And then what do I need to be aware of? So that exactly right, Peggy, is, you know, hey, can I run my swim tech out two feet so I can squeeze by to go use the restroom? You know, it's designed to run all the way out or all the way in. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really thought of, I don't think, at the time when they were engineering it to people were going to run it partially. Right it actually can cause damage to those rooms by not opening and closing it all the time. There's recommendations in there to retime it after so many uses. Mm-hmm. And that can be on Schwintech slides, open and close that room completely five times. You know, it needs to be right. resynchronized. Think of it like you're stretching before you get up to go exercise. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, you need to do something. It's That's just the way they designed it. Because it's two different motors that's mounted in the capture of the wall itself, you know, they're back there hitting. Now, those motors are also just floating motors. If you're on the outside of the coach and you're cleaning and conditioning your slide-out seals, some other things that I would like you to inspect is, so let's say you're on the forward of the slide-out and you were to peel that seal back, there's a set screw there. And that set screw is is through the aluminum in a notch of that slide out motor, just keeping it in place, keeping it from jumping out oh. or skipping out. Huh. Yeah. Now your example that you just said, you know, you go camping, you let it out, you're going home, you let it in, you go home, you let it out, you unload, you let it in. That doesn't count as retiming because that's in a different position every time and you're jiggling it around in between, right? So yep. what you're saying is after you've done all those times, then that's the time to just sit still and do your reset. So there's other systems or at least one other system. (laughs) You know, there's above floor systems, which is rails that are, let's say in a bedroom where they put the mounting rails above the floor that are hidden underneath your bed. Mm -hmm. There's rails that they call below floor rails for typically like a heavier room. Those are like a rack and pinion and we have, have lots of pictures and examples too on all of our Facebook groups. So I encourage you to you know check those out. But there's a lot of different individual places to lubricate, clean, tighten, 
So it's not just, you know, turn the key and go. They require maintenance. Right. And adjustments and lubricating and retiming. And people ask me why I prefer an RV with no slide. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's made it wonderful to have all that extra space. Right. And I've had a plenty with slide outs and plenty without slide outs and we see every day horror stories. I think you talked about one that you'd seen that had a customer that did the repairs and it ran out. Yeah, it literally fell out of the coach. Extended so far, it fell out of the trailer. Yeah, I'll put I'll share pictures of that. When these slide rooms go all the way out, there's a seal that forms. When they're all the way in, a seal forms. But when they're part way in or out, it's effectively there's no seal. So I don't yeah. want people to get the wrong idea too. So. On occasion, well, actually now, currently every time, we push the slide room a couple of inches out because we want to tuck our cable for our Starlink Mm -hmm. through the slide room wall, which means we better be extra careful of looking at that seal all the time because we are compromising that seal. Yep. And then once we get that wire through, then we complete the cycle of out or in, whichever way we're going. I had someone get really panicky that they couldn't stop and then finish the job with whatever mechanism. It's not so much that you can't go partway out, your finger slips off, you panic, you think, what am I supposed to do now? Just go ahead and finish the direction you were going. Exactly. That's okay. But don't leave it partway because then you're not sealed. And don't panic and go back in because then you've messed up your timing. As much as we want to make sure that people really pay attention and really maintain and take care of their things, we also don't want you to panic and (laughs) and not understand what they can and can't do. No matter what brand the rooms are, whether it's a cable-driven room, you know, those cables can stretch out, whether it's above floor, below floor system. On those styles, not not the Schwintech because it's a different design, but on those styles of the room, I tell everybody, run them like 95% of the way in or out and then just bump the button to let it rest against the wall. If mm-hmm. you pull those buttons all the way out, you know, back on, and I'm sure you've seen it, Tony, back on the day, you, you run a button and you hear it run all the way out and then ching, 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 ching. It's hit it stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or you run them in and you hear it, you know, make, you know, you know, make that <laughs> like, whoa, okay. That's causing too much damage. So if you have a below rail system and you run that room in too far on the bottom, it's now kicking the top of that room out, mm, which is going to allow water to get into that top and either set on top of the roof or rain enough to where it drops down on sides and starts causing damage to the floor. Right. Also, when they go in and out like that, basically we call it the flange, but it's the picture frame of that slide out room. Well, Mm -hmm. that picture frame is now, you know, resting against the wall of the coach. So when we're pulling it in or out too much, we're constantly flexing those flanges, what we refer to as a T-flange. And as you see the screws that are on the sides of that aluminum that's attached to the wall, again, as that picture frame, mm-hmm. those do come loose. I feel like we got distracted and we I, yeah, I don't I'm, feel like we've really given a good answer to when your slide is closed, yep. can you step in it or sit on the couch that's in it? I would not. When it's in the out position and it's rested and it's supported by the wall, then that would be okay to sit in it. When it's in the closed position, I would not carry any products in it and I would not sit in it. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. Let's say you have a big tub or an ice chest and you maybe threw a blanket on the couch. Maybe you strapped it to the couch, whatever. Right. Right. 
you're now putting that extra weight in that room that's shaking and flopping going down the road. And that's a significant amount of weight. Maybe if you just put the blanket, you're going to be okay. Yeah, blanket, something something like. If you lay down on it while your husband's driving, (laughs) don't do that. I'm just totally kidding. (laughs) But even I, I met someone this weekend who, for various reasons, her slide stayed in the whole weekend. But then when we were in there, she sat down on it, and I, I just. I didn't think that was the right thing to do, and I. but I want to be educated enough to explain to people so that I'm not just speaking from opinion or hearsay, yeah. you know, it's really not a good idea to do that. If it's a motorhome and it's an under-the-floor slide, it's designed to be set in, you know, it's going to have a couch with seat belts and stuff like that. Okay. If it's in a, you know, a motorhome where it has an area to sit down in... So that would be the exception to the rule is if it's a couch with seat belts, then you know it's okay to sit in it when it's in because obviously you don't need <laughs> yeah. seat belts when it's out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and that would be, you know, again, if it's in a motorhome, if it's in a travel trailer or a fifth wheel, a slide out that's under the rail, it's probably okay to sit in it. But keep in mind, it's designed to be extended out, which is now supporting the weight differently mm-hmm. than it's supporting the weight with it being floating above the floor that it's lifted on. So we worry about, you know, hey, I'm going to get something underneath the floor and it's going to cause damage underneath. Well, when you're sitting on it and it's in the closed position, what are you doing to that room? You know, is it distorting it somewhere, or throwing it off or mm-hmm. damaging those four rails or, or rollers or what? You know, I mean, can it hurt it? Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah. Dustin, I think you've given us a lot to think about. For sure. And worry about. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, that's why, you know, learn what slide out rooms you have. I'm constantly trying to put info out there, Tony, to help people. Thank you so much for your time today. We hope to have you back on many times because this has been fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for being here with us. Where, again, can we find you? We're based out of Lodi, California, and it's CaliforniaRVSpecialist.com is our website. And then if you go to our website, there's many bars up top there. You can see like articles written by Dustin. You can see all our face group links are all there. And we need to add you guys to that as well. That would be great. And then also your YouTube videos. And then our YouTube. Yeah, it's California Army Specialist, Dustin Simpson. So any social media platform, if you look us up, you're going to see us on something, something somehow, some way. Okay, that sounds great. Thanks again for spending some time with us, giving us a lot to think about. And we hope that we get to talk to you again really soon. Yep. Thank you guys again for having me. We really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Thank you. We also got an email this week from FMCA letting us know that for everyone who is up for renewal, and that doesn't mean like you're expiring any minute now, but anytime that if you're in any way deciding that you want to renew your FMCA membership, right now you can get a discount and save $10 on your renewal. So we have renewed at really weird times and for really weird reasons, and so it can renew anytime. So hop on into FMCA and renew your membership and save an extra $10. And not your personal expiration for your membership. <laughs> your membership expiration, of course. If you're about to expire, well, <laughs> you should probably call a doc first. Yeah, then maybe you don't need another year of FMCA. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Just because you don't feel well today doesn't mean everyone's expiring. <laughs> oh, God. This went off the rails. Oh, it did. We mentioned a couple times I went on a solo 
trip, I wrote a story about it because I really felt, I don't know if I like this word or not, but I felt empowered. I felt so proud of me for the things that I did that were new to me and a little bit scary well, and a lot scary. Two times this summer, I have gone on solo trips with, you know, with women's groups, one with Sisters on the Fly and one with Girl Camper. So it's not like I'm literally solo my whole entire time gone, but making the trip and parking the camper and setting up and using the electricity and (laughs) finding Starlink Sill and all those things. I did all those things for the first time. And one of the- by yourself. For the first time and, by myself. And here's, right, right. here's another aspect. Of, I'm very proud of Peggy because she, you should see the campsite she had to wiggle uh, yeah, into yeah, with that trailer. Was, I, I, oh. But she had to do all of this without being able to call me because there was zero cell signal. Zero cell and it signal. turns out there was zero Starlink because <laughs> I didn't renew properly, speaking of renewals. <laughs> so I did it and I wrote about it because I just really want to... What I said in the article at the end is that a lot of the girls that were at camp with me said, you can't be telling the truth. You teach classes about how to be an RVer. And I said, yes, but that doesn't mean I've ever been on my own backing into a site. By the way, this is only the second site I've ever backed into with this trailer. With this trailer. With this trailer. So it's the, you know, I've never backed into a site that was a narrow site that was kind of a sharp turn that had drop-offs all around that was in the trees that, you know, it, I mean, I said I had butterflies. I think I had pterodactyls in my stomach. (laughs) I was nervous. Pterodactyls. (laughs) Pterodactyls. But you know what? I did it in two shots. Not only did I do it, I did it in two shots. I didn't fall off the edge of the hill. I just really have an amazing amount of excitement for myself. And I want everybody to know, particularly the women, of course, you can do this, sister. (laughs) Everybody can do this. And no matter how scary it is, you can do it. And you'll be so happy and pleased and you'll get to be camping. And so that is so worth it. Anyway. Well, you were with a whole group of women who were proving that, right? Well, I I was, but the other weird thing is that I, because I got my reservation late, I was pretty far away from the rest of the group. And by the time I was backing in, I hadn't even really figured out where anybody else was. So I couldn't even whistle like, hey, can you come spot me? I just was on my own. (laughs) That would, even I would not really like, I do always want a spotter behind just because of low branches or campgrounds love to put all these stupid little things (laughs) that are right at, uh, right below your field of vision, but right where they do the most damage. Well, I'll tell you that I got out three or four times in that two, in that two backings up. I kept getting out and checking and making sure I knew where I was and what I was doing. So Uh, Look at you guys. Everybody can do this, right? That's my moment of zen. My (laughs) my moment of of encouragement is don't be too scared. Of course, be cautious. I'm not saying just whip it in there and, you know, don't even worry. Be cautious. Be smart. But be brave. There you go. Sounds great to me. And you saw some nifty stuff, too. I did. So I was camping just south of Taos and Girl Camper Guide Bonnie was the one that organized this event. And she was so nice to me to make sure that I didn't just sit in the camper 
and read all weekend because I will do that. <laughs> and so she made sure that I got out and we went together with some other ladies to a winery. We did some driving around. I got to see most of the high, maybe probably the whole high road to Taos in the long run, which is a beautiful mountain drive. We went with Bonnie to the city of Taos, the town, I guess, city or town on Saturday because they have their farmer's market and she lives there. So she knows the farmer's market and she's got to do her shopping. So we, we went with her and she did her shopping and we got some things and we actually rode on the ski lift, yeah, that which was also very do. fun and exciting and with no snow, obviously. And we were on this like expert run. So it was, we were like going straight up the mountain. And I asked Kitty who was next to me, I said, so is that mountain under our feet? Is that where people ski? And she said, yeah, they're really good people too. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw kind of a pathway snaking back and forth. I said, so if you mess up, you just take that path. And she said, no, this whole thing's under three feet of snow. You can't see that path. If you mess up, you take your skis off and walk down. <laughs> wow. But at the top and even on the way down, what a fabulous, spectacular view of the valley. It was just so beautiful. And then we wandered around town a little bit. There's, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Santa Fe in terms of that old adobe architecture and stuff and lots of little shopping stores and stuff like that and beautiful old churches. And so what a great visit we had. I can't wait to have Tony have a chance to go with me so we can do more exploring of Taos. And now I have a little kind of a guide in my mind so that oh, I have well, some ideas of where to take him. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to go because it looked really beautiful. It really was. And it was like 20 degrees cooler up oh, there than yeah. it was here. Right now, that'd be great. It is, <laughs> it is bloody hot all over. So yeah. hopefully you all are staying hydrated and, and not that hot. Right. One of the nights at camp, we actually had a taco salad night, but you know what we didn't have? Walking tacos? Yeah. So walking tacos, what it is, is you take a bag of chips, like typically Fritos or Doritos or something like that. You slice off the side of the bag and then you fill it with taco ingredients. So let's say you're into ground meat or cheese, or sour cream, or guac, or lettuce, or tomatoes, or salsa, or, you know, whatever, whatever you qualify as taco filling, mm -hmm. and you just fill it on top of the chips, and now you've kind of got a bag of chips that have taco filling on them, and you can walk around. So it's called walking tacos, and because you, you're saying you have to walk around eating it. Well, you don't have to, but you can. <laughs> but and you it's walk nice. through the yeah. line to fill it. <laughs> yeah. So the nice thing about walking tacos is it's one of those things. A lot of people ask us, so what uh, What should I have my first night at camp? Because I just, you know, we've been driving all day. We set up the camper, yes. blah, blah, blah. I don't feel like cooking. Well, walking tacos qualifies because you could pre-make whatever meat that you want to put in and you could offer multiple choices, right? So you could pre-make the meat and then just either heat it up if you have a microwave or if you have one of those meal sealer things that we've all bought from Costco that <laughs> usually it's like, I know half of it is, but not the other half. Well, those make good boiling bags. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So you could, and if you are with a campfire and don't even have an RV, you could have your campfire and you could put a pot of water and heat up your meat 
and bing, bang, boom, you're done. And and you want to pre-chop all your vegetables. Yeah, so yeah. pre-chop so, and kind of put into bags or little containers or something all your vegetables. And then, so the good thing is with walking tacos, you carry your own plate around too. Yeah, so when you're done, you just put it in the trash can, you know, with the empty bag. And put it in the trash can. And also, if you have picky eaters, like let's say you have kids who don't like cheese or sour cream or whatever. They don't put theirs yeah, everybody in their makes taco. their own. Yeah. So you make like a little buffet line type of deal and you put all these in- ingredients and people do their own thing. So it's a great uh, social meal. If you have groups, you could have like, you know, the Smiths are responsible for the meat and the Johnsons are responsible for the vegetables whatever yeah yeah. you know that's another good thing about it so kind of cool yeah and super easy and by the way he said throw that uh, bag in the trash please don't put it in the fireplace Mm. it is not burnable no no that's something we've been seeing a lot of is uh friends who have campgrounds talking about the things they find in the fire pit that might be a good podcast it might and it's also a little bit sad so (laughs) yeah have a trash can and put all of your trash there including cigarette butts if that's you those are also not yeah that's not for the fire pit so when i got to the campground near taos i backed in our rockwood mini light to axle trailer tony is your rv of the week that easy to park well not exactly it's it's similar but it's 30 feet long yee i don't think i would have fit no you probably wouldn't but what it is is it's a really interesting bunk model it's a keystone cougar 30 bhs and the neat thing is a lot of bunk models have a lousy dinette and they have some have theater seats some have a trifold couch The way this thing works is it's really a good camper, whether or not you use the bunks. And when I was selling RVs, how many statements start with that? When I was selling selling RVs, RVs. a lot of people, and I'm going to say grandparents age people, would come in and want to buy a rig to take their grandkids with them. And a lot of times the grandkids wanted no part of that. So then they had bunks they couldn't use. Right. Well, this is a better camper whether or not you use the bunks. I like that Keystone put like an L-shaped dinette at the very, very back of this rig before, right before the bunks. And then it has an ottoman and a freestanding table that you could use. It does have theater seats and you could use the table there or at the bunks or just take it away or bring it outside. I like the freestanding tables. I like the way they did this L-shaped dinette with the ottoman. It's just, it's a neat setup, but there are these two bunks in the back. They're large. They're nice space, but the bottom one flips up and you have this huge cargo area. In oh, the back. that is a good design. Oh, yeah. I like you that. Could, yeah, you could actually use this to put two e bikes back there. The other nice thing is there's not only a side door where you can get to this space, but also a back door where you can get to this space. So it's a uh-huh. really, yeah, it's a really well-designed cargo and bunk area. So even if you never use the bunks, you will not have bought something that's like, oh, shoot, I bought this and now the bunks are worthless. It also has a king-size bed, but obviously you could shrink it down. Wow. And it's another thing I really like. The bathroom bisects the trailer. So there's 
the bedroom in the front, and then a bathroom that goes all the way across the rig, and then the living area, and then the bunks. I know a lot of people don't like that, but I love that design because it puts the adult sleeper far from all the other noises. Right. And another nice thing, Keystone put a door specifically to the bedroom and a door to the rest of the trailer. So there are two side doors, two entry doors in this, and it's fully accessible with the slide-in. So you can get to the bathroom from the bedroom. Now you have to use the two different doors, but you can get to the bathroom through the bedroom door and you can get to the main living area through the main entry door and everything is usable. Nice. So just, and then Keystone, there's a lot of things that I outline in the article, but Keystone really does a good job. They have this innovation lab and they've really come up with some things that do make a difference for we are veers. So anyway, Keystone Cougar 30 BHS. It's a bumper pull travel trailer that I really like. Fantastic. You might have noticed we didn't have a question of the week last week. Yeah, because, we're talking about ourselves. Right? And the week before, I wasn't here, and I let Tony and Mike go for it. And <laughs> I think that their question of the week was great. Tony, why don't you talk about that? Well, we talked about how you like to do your hot dogs and hamburgers. And I think one of the conclusions is buy good hot dogs. That, yeah. That makes such a difference. And, you know, some butcher shops have these awesome hot dogs, but Mike Trobeck had a really good idea. At the end of the night when the campfire is, you know, it's kind of subsided and you have those great hot coals. Oh man, that's a late night snack. You just put the oh, weenie in those coals. And, and it gets those blisters on oh, it. Yeah. Mm, yes. Yeah. Lori was talking about smash burger tacos. And what they did is they use a hamburger And, you know, they have quarter pound balls of hamburger and smash them down on their Blackstone. And then after a couple of minutes, they add shredded cheese and then put a tortilla. And, oh, it's just, that sounds really good. I would love that. I love a good tortilla burger. Yeah, and you can put taco ingredients or you can put hamburger ingredients kind of your own preference yeah speaking of tortillas my favorite way to make a hot dog is with (laughs) a tortilla and then take chili and make a chili dog wrap you do have to include a pickle and cheap yellow mustard and cheese oh yeah and cheese right absolutely yeah and then tom yeah good crisp hot dogs that give a snap when you bite them Ooh, doggies Mm -hmm. yeah 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 did anybody talk about dirty dogs? That was something we dirty started doing dogs. recently. Mike, Mike and I talked about it. And oh, okay. what dirty water dogs are is you can either take beer or like beef broth or whatever. So, in other words, the water's not just water. Not just pure so water. So you're boiling okay. the hot dog with some sort of flavored water. And we've been doing that a lot. And in yeah. fact, we've been taking... The Costco dogs are not bad. Yeah, I like them. And so we've been taking the Costco dogs from frozen and putting them in boiling dirty (laughs) water, as it were. And I use beef bouillon. And they come out really, really well. So dirty water dogs. And apparently that's a thing in New York. So that was asked, I think, because Tony and Mike were talking a lot about hot dogs and hot dog cookers and electric, all that stuff. So... Because of what I just did, now my question is going to be this for this week. What is the most 
scary thing that you have overcome in your camping experiences. (laughs) I like that. And of course, as always, you can answer that question or ask your own questions in our fun and friendly Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook Facebook group, which is linked at the top of Stressless Camping. If you forget, go join our little family. It's been very polite and we keep it that way, doggone it. Hot doggone it. Hot doggone it. Also, something that's on our website is a chance to sign up for the once a week newsletter. Now, we just send out one newsletter a week, unless you're a winner of a contest, and then you got to answer. Hello. Yeah. yeah, well, we're going to pick a new name out of the hat, and someone who signed up for the newsletter in the past month or so is going to have their name in the newsletter. Watch for it, and you're going to get a free water hose from our friends at Air Gear, and it is the best. RV water hose out there, period. Right. Also in the newsletter, you're going to see videos and stories and podcast links, things that we think will help you get the most out of your RV experience. So you can sign up. We only send one a week. It's absolutely free. And of course, we never share your information. No, no. Another thing you'll find at Stresses Camping is the show notes for this episode, which is episode 212 on the podcast page at StresslessCamping.com. Another thing you'll find on the Stressless Camping podcast page is our deals and discounts for the best deals on things that you need for your Stressless Camping adventure. Yep, and of course, if you've got a great deal to share with our audience, let us know. Please do. We are in all the social places, including threads now. You can start at StresslessCamping.com. In the upper right-hand corner are links to all the various places where we like to be social. Well, except threads. Threads doesn't have a link. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, c'est la vie. That's another way to communicate with us. Go to StressesCamping.com, upper right corner, links to all of our social places. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, or if you have enjoyed any of the past episodes, we want you to remember that you can subscribe for free on any podcast catcher, but also... What's really, really helpful to us is that you write a review on that podcast catcher. Yes. And let people know that you think that there is value to this podcast so that more people will be able to listen. And if you have already written a review or you don't want to write a review. Thank you. But you'd like to share. Well, not thank you if you haven't written one. But yes, (laughs) I didn't hear all the words I said. If you'd like to share, there is a whole page and we will put a link in the newsletter of how to share things that you find on the Stressless Camping website that you think that other people would like to see. If you have already written a review and you still want to help, sharing is caring. Yeah, and it's free for you to do and it really makes a difference to us. Absolutely. Well, that's what we have for you this week. Are you more scared of slide rooms than you ever were? Because (laughs) I have not been shy about my wish for RVs with no slides and this just makes it even more so but that's just me but anyway we really appreciate you being with us here again this week thank you so much and happy camping we hope you learned a lot and had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure, and we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping! Terror dactyls.